Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Polygreens podcast. I'm Joe Swartz from M Hydro. Glad to be back uh, with my partner in crime, Nick Greens of the Nick Greens Grow Team. Nick, how are we doing? Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you doing such an, an amazing job uh, while I was out. Uh, my gosh, the past three weeks, I've been in Germany, Egypt, California, Chicago, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania. So kind of all over the place, a lot of, a uh, lot of interesting projects, but, uh, but thanks for everything. And, um, you know, we've, we've often talked about uh, different uh, microgreens growing methods and methodologies, and we've had a few growers on. One of the things that I've always um, seen as a big challenge in the industry is proper microgreens growing medium, uh, both in terms of production, productivity, consistency, cost, Cleanliness. You know, there, there's cleanliness. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of challenges. And uh, I was engaged a, a while back by a gentleman who started a, a new company, and he has created some microgreen uh, growing medium that uh, we've done some trials over uh, at Am Hydro in California, and I've done some work here with them in Massachusetts. And got to say it's some pretty impressive product and uh, I'm glad to reconnect with them. We've uh, we've, we've been very uh, fortunate to get Albert Lynn on, on today. Albert's the founder and CEO of VegBed and uh, he's here to talk a little bit about his products and his process. So Albert, thanks very much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on guys. I'm really excited to uh, chat today. Yeah, we appreciate it. So um, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into CEA, what brought you here, and uh, how did you end up coming up with this uh, new growing medium? Yeah, so uh, long story short, uh, it kind of started off with a failure initially. Uh, A couple of years ago, uh, I had a friend um, out in California. Uh, He posted a photo on Facebook uh, of uh, his, basically it was like a deep water culture with some uh, hydrogen clay pebbles in it. At that time, I had no idea what hydroponics was. And so I was asking him like, well, what are those things? What is, what is the system that you have? And he told me, that's a, it's a hydroponic system. And I started doing research on it. And then I was like, wow, why aren't we doing more of this type of farming? This makes total sense. And I kind of got obsessed with it. Uh, and then just started growing in my, my own home, you know, creating my own rack system. Uh, and then I eventually got hooked up with uh, a friend of a friend that was going to start a vertical farm in, in upstate New York. Um, we were going to basically try to implement uh a low power vertical farming system. I'll, uh, I don't know, guys, I don't know if you guys remember uh, the farm out in Singapore called uh, Sky Greens. Yes, they yep. had those rotating towers. So we're trying to implement something like that, which would be like a kind of focus on like a net zero energy kind of greenhouse. Uh, so I worked on that with a couple of people for about ten months. Uh, you know, we were looking to raise two and a half million to construct the greenhouse, uh, but just. I was the only one that had any kind of hydroponic experience at the time. And at best, I was still a novice. Uh, So it was very tough for any investor to kind of be willing to be the lead and and take the charge on giving us that money uh, because I didn't really have any commercial farming experience. Uh, But we tried. uh, We had some good meetings. uh, But after about like 10 months, uh, you know, I didn't really see us getting that funding. Um, We were all kind of. Uh, fizzled out at that point. So uh, we all decided to amicably part ways. However, I still wanted to be in the hydroponic space and growing space. uh, And I tried to figure out what I could do on my own bootstrapping without needing a ton of capital. Uh, And I do remember, you know, a lot of people's first introduction to hydroponics is using Rockwell. uh, And I wasn't really happy when I found out more about it. I was like, "Eh, this is not the best thing 
to be using. I know it's still a big industry standard product that a lot of people use. It's cheap. It works well, but I thought we could do something better. And so I was thinking about some sort of sustainable biodegradable product that's not on the market yet. And that's how I kind of developed the idea for, for RegPen. Now, what was, what was your uh, specifically for microgreens? I mean, you could have went down the road to do cubes, um, other medium, uh, you know, what was the microgreen? Where was the connection? Exactly. Yeah. So good question. Um, originally it wasn't uh, a bamboo mat. Um, I did start off with cubes. However, it was a foam cube, um, which worked well, but obviously not biodegradable, not sustainable. Um, and then I kind of evolved from that product because a lot of customers, the initial customers were asking me, Hey, we like your product, but could you make it more biodegradable or something uh, of a better material? And so that's how I shifted over from the original cubes over to the bamboo mat. And the reason why I haven't done the bamboo cube yet is because it's kind of hard. It's hard to make the solid kind of structure without having to add any sort of additives or glue. So or was, was cost value more than doing the cubes versus the, the mat or was that not a factor? I just, I couldn't find a method to create a, like a, a solid cube out of the bamboo fiber without, without adding any, um, glue or, or, or binders in it. And I didn't want to add any um, external materials into it. I wanted to try to be as natural as possible. Uh, so that's why I started off with the, uh, the mats first, because it was easier to create the mats than, than the cube. You know? How did you decide, Albert, to, to you one, to use bamboo or what uh, material to use? And how did you go about starting with, you know, limited hydroponics experience? I don't know if you've had any manufacturing experience. How mm -hmm. did you go about the, the process of trying to actually physically develop some type of new growing medium? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I was exposed to all the other types uh, that were out there and, you know, I, I did my research. I went onto Amazon, all the reviews and looked at what people were complaining about with the other mediums. And I tried to address those complaints with, the bamboo mat. So my idea initially was like, what's not on the market yet? And what's something that is sustainable and biodegradable that you don't have to go to like a compost, like commercial compost facility to, to get rid of. Um, and I knew bamboo was a really, really fast growing plant, uh, technically a grass, right? Um, which grows, you know, upwards of three to four inches per day, sometimes up to a foot a day, depending on the, the variety. Um, and so I knew like utilizing something like this would be uh, more sustainable than something like peat, right? Which grows a millimeter per year. <laughs> so that's kind of how I got the original idea. So, so you decided on that material. How did you go about trying to actually make or manufacture some type of media? You know, one of the things that we are, we're always challenged with, we have people in the industry is finding a growing medium um, once you find a suitable material, there are a lot of attributes, um, the ability to hold moisture, but the ability to hold oxygen, pore space, um, mm -hmm. all those physical characteristics. How did you go about starting to try to manufacture that? Yeah, so I was looking for, I did a lot of research on, on factories that had capabilities, um, kind of starting off in like the textile space, because I, I was assuming that a lot of them had machinery that could kind of maybe uh, mechanically produce some fiber, fibrous mats without having to put chemicals into it to, to make it like sticky. Um, so that was how I did my initial search. I contacted a bunch of factories, um, ones that uh, could help uh, source or have bamboo fiber in stock and then create um, kind of mats to my specifications. And so I did a lot of trial runs, told them, you know, how, how dense I wanted it, the, you know, the standard dimensions, um, 
you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, I started just trialing it from there, went back and forth and kind of honed it in. Yeah. And then from there, you came up with some products and did you start doing trials at home or how did you yeah, go about testing it? Yeah, pretty much just uh, trialing at home, giving them feedback, asking them if they could, you know, make it thinner, thicker, et cetera, um, stuff like that. How long was it of a process was that? From initial kind of contact or I guess initial prototype to like when I was happy with it and I thought it was it was a uh, you know at a point where I could start uh, producing this on mass quantities probably I'd say four to six months oh okay so pretty, pretty rapidly mm -hmm. and how long commercially has the product been available uh, about three years now so I know when when uh, you had sent some samples to me and I started to do some trials with them. I, I will also I'll share some photos on social media so you can see um, the the unique uniformity and and quality that, that you can get out of that. Um, once you got started into commercial production, did you hit any roadblocks or any any challenges in terms of did you need to change anything based on grower feedback? Yeah. So I realized that uh, I mean most people use the standard 1020 trays, but I realize a lot of farms have their own systems and have really um, <laughs> obscure sizing uh, requirements. And so the issue I ran into was all these farms asking me, oh, can you make this size? Can you make this roll size? Can you make this sheet size? And it was just very hard to do those one-off kind of orders uh, for these, these clients because it's like not a huge percentage of the, the total kind of sizing that, that most farms use. So um, it was hard to justify um, making uh, those those specifically small or larger sizes for, for these farms. Um, I know, you know a specific I, grower that actually uses a certain size. So I think I know who you're talking about when <laughs> you get those growers asking, I know exactly who that grower is. Yeah. And, we, and I had, I had some people that were um, selling kind of like Michael Green's home growing kits. Um, and so they would be like, you know, three inch by four inch sheets, like really tiny ones. And uh, at the time, like the factory I was working with didn't have um, the automation capabilities to make such small sheets. So, you know, they had to be manually hand cut. And so it was just really, really labor intensive. Um, but, you know, some of them I was able to get through. Uh, others, I just had to be like, I, I can't make this size right now, unless, you know, your MOQ is going to be large enough where it would make sense. But um, yeah. That was one of the, the troubles. And your your product commercially comes in both rolls and, and individual sheets. Is that correct? Currently, yeah, Matt, the, the standard 1020s and the rolls. The 10 so with the 10 pack, are you selling the 10 pack then? Yeah, 10 pack. Mm -hmm. So at this point, um, are you looking at, at doing any other products or any other configurations or how how is the product moving? Is the industry being accepting of it? Yeah, I think over the pandemic, um, it shifted a lot of people, at least home growers, to kind of start experimenting gardening at home and, and things like that. Because uh, they had, you know, in the beginning, there was a lot of boredom. People didn't know what to do. And so I think they should, a lot of people shifted over to home growing. So we saw a spike at that point. But then towards the latter half of COVID, when we had supply chain issues, there was a, there was a moment where I was out of stock for probably three months. It was pretty bad just because everything was just messed up. Like, um, you know, people couldn't get into the the factory to work. And so 
um, it was just a pretty difficult time. Uh, it was, people were asking when I was going to be back at Zaka. It was, uh, it was painful to say, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But you're manufacturing's up and, and running full steam now, correct? Yeah, we're good now, yeah. Very good. Very good. So uh, tell us a little bit about the product itself. I mean, obviously, it's a, a bamboo fiber material. And, and in terms of disposal, composting, breakdown, what, what does that look like for a grower yeah. who's interested in the sustainability? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the fiber will naturally biodegrade um, depending on your composting system. Um, I've had some users that had uh, like a home tumbler system um, in their backyard. They would just toss it in there after it was done. And I think uh, they mentioned to me that it fully decomposed within like six to seven months. Uh, I think uh, so you don't have to bring it to you know some some products you need to bring it to a commercial composting facility but as long as you put in your own compost tumbler or, or other um, system it, it should break down within like five to eight months depending on the environment yeah. do you have commercial That's about normal time right to, to, for compost to decompose yeah it's mm -hmm. about right yeah mm -hmm. so um I understand you're doing some work with not only with commercial growers and other uh, companies in the industry, you're also doing some work with other uh, research entities and, and things like that. Tell us a little bit about the work that people are doing with your products. Uh, yeah. So recently um, I had uh, someone from NASA reach out to me uh, asking a little bit more about the mats. Uh, I had no Dr. idea. Was it that. Dr. Johnson? Uh, yes, Dr. Johnson, Christina Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had no idea uh, that they were even testing out my mat until she had emailed me. Um, but I asked her for uh, some further information on the research and she gave me her presentation that she had. Uh, and it was just fascinating. It was, it was really cool to see. And so basically what she's been trying to do is doing testing to grow microgreens for astronauts um, because right now the, the food that they're bringing up isn't really like nutrient dense um, and obviously doesn't, it's not palatable as much as, uh, you know, fresh, freshly grown vegetables could be. Um, and so they're, they trialed with microgreens because of the nutrient density and the space that it takes up is minimal compared to growing other kind of vine crops or, or um, uh, produce. So they were trialing different growing mediums um, and VegVed was one of the ones that they were trying and they got uh, pretty good results with it. Um, and so they were, they're doing further testing basically on like harvesting the microgreens in space. Cause that's going to be a challenge as well. Cause you don't want things floating around. Um, and so they're going to be doing some kind of uh, the microgravity test where like the plane goes up and it does like the, the nose dive. So that can kind of simulate the, the low gravity environment and basically like, Harvest, try to harvest the microgreens inside like an enclosed box um, to see how that works out. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they're, they're going to do a, a lot more trials and uh, it'll be really cool to see uh, if this, if this works out and it goes up into space. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And, and that's something we, we take for granted that you actually can cut whatever product you're growing and it's not going to be flying around in the air. In front of you. <laughs> exactly. Unique challenges. Well, that's very cool. Are, are you looking at using that concept and developing other products or, um, you know, other uses for the, for this type of material? Yeah. So as uh, Nick mentioned earlier, uh, you know, a lot of customers have been asking me for a cube. Uh, they really want to shift away from the rock wool. Um, so that's definitely a priority for me now to try to develop some sort of biodegradable, sustainable cube. 
Um, it may or may not be made out of bamboo. I have to see if it's possible. I might have to shift over to um, another material that I might find that's more suitable for that kind of rigid structure. Um, but that's pretty, that's probably the next step uh, for, for VegBed, yeah. Getting a, getting a cube uh, product. Very nice. Now, is the product just specifically bamboo or is there other material in it? No, it's just 100% bamboo, yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, made, it's made via a mechanical process where it kind of just, you can think of it like tangling the fibers together. And that's how it stays in, in that that metaphor. So there's no like glue or there's no like glue or additives that are used to keep it together. Now is this medium for uh, you know usually people that use mats are they, are they soaking the mats as well just as every other process like uh, you know, I most soak of, mats I like to soak the mats before I use them you know yeah yeah definitely you could you could definitely soak them before you know well during the seeding process um, most of the the larger farms that use a the product they have a, a have been floored like a flood and drain system where they'll just have a bunch of 1020s in and then they'll flood it like once or twice a day uh, and just like soak the mats. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of new work being done in, in growing medium, both in terms of for propagation cubes as well as, as mats for baby greens and microgreens. And I, I'll admit when Albert first reached out to me and he's explaining the, um, the mat being made out of uh, bamboo, I I really envisioned this very coarse material uh, and very harsh. You know, not 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 seeing how that would really uh, hold moisture um, or or support root growth really well. So you know, and, and we'll we'll send people over to your website and and we'll we'll post some information about it. But it's a really it's a very fine material. Uh, very, it's a white soft. Um, has a very much a, of an appearance of a of a very thick fabric. Um, so it's a really great, great growing medium. I noticed that, that, you know, w- everything that we've done, um, I mean, we can go down the list of what microgreens growers are, are complaining about from the sustainability of the media to using different types of, of, of peat or cocoa based media that um, will shed into the nutrient solution. Um, you'll have debris, you'll have a mess, um, you'll have the inability to, to compost it or to dispose of it. Um, environmentally sustainably and uh and this really kind of ticks all the boxes i mean it's a it, it the what what i received was the sheets and it's a nice soft fabric has a lot of pore space um the material wets really well holds oxygen well that was another concern that i had about it but it, it really was a, a a nice medium so so when we talk about bamboo um try to remove yourself a little bit from that kind of impression that I had of a real kind of very thick coarse material that's not suitable for a, a very fine. I bet you, I bet you if you put process. two packs together and have 20 sheets, it'd make a good pillow. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. One of the first guys I uh, sent out samples to way in the beginning to just kind of test out and give me feedback. He was like, hey, man, can you actually make this into a pillow for me? Because it's so soft. That's, that's literally what he asked me. <laughs> Well, we don't want to be giving Mike Lindell any uh, run for his money in the <laughs> business, but certainly uh, uh, it's a it's a great product. If people want to know more about your product, check it out and 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 see see it for themselves. What would be the best way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, they can go to just www.vegbed.com, uh, or if they have uh, further questions, you can send an email to info at vegbed.com. Happy to answer them for you. V-E-G-B-E-D.com. Yeah, so there's a lot of great material out there. I'll also be posting some more um, 
more information about it. Is there anything else you'd like to, to tell people about yourself or your company or what you're doing in the industry? Uh, no. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, a lot of us, you know, we've had a, a tough past two years uh, trying to maintain and grow, grow our businesses and do our thing. But I think, uh, you know, we're finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. The conferences are starting to pick up the in-person. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, the next year or two will be really good. And there's been a lot of funding getting into vertical farming in the past couple of years. So yeah, I think the industry is set to grow and, you know, I'm happy to be along for the ride. Nice. And you'll work with other retail partners. Are, are you planning a presence at any uh, upcoming industry events? Uh, I'm planning on going to the green tech event in the Netherlands next month. Oh, yeah. uh, so I went there in 2019 before pandemic and had a really great time, met a lot of people. Um, so it was, it was, a, it was a great conference, you know, and maybe I'll check out uh, cultivate as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it really, it's a, it's a great product and, uh, and we're very pleased with the initial results that we're getting out of it ourselves. And, uh, we encourage everybody to check it out, go to vegbed.com, check out Albert's products, um, Albert, uh, any last words for people in the industry? Um, we always give everybody a chance to, to give their, there's Nick nickels worth of free advice to the industry of someone getting wow. in or someone growing. What would you have to say to someone? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like my mentality with this whole thing, like my vision, uh, has been to try to shift industry because, uh, you know, with indoor farming, it's been touted, like the two top things that, that they always kind of promote is like, Oh, 90% less water usage. And like, um, you know, energy efficient LEDs and energy efficient HVAC, you know, they've really kind of focused on those aspects and hold it in, but like, they've never really talked about the downstream waste that gets produced from the farms, especially if they're like utilizing rock hole and they're going through hundreds of thousands of cubes. Like where, where, where does that end up? What happens with that stuff? You know, so that doesn't really get talked about in the industry. So that's why I'm trying to get to the point where it's like, if we have these entire systems, let's make the whole system sustainable, not just like, 80% of it type of thing. Yeah. Excellent point. Great. Well, Albert, thank you very much um, for spending some time with us today, talking about your products and talking about the industry. Uh, and thanks everyone for, for spending some more time with us. Nick and I've got a number of great guests coming up again. We've got some more ask the expert segments and we're going to be doing some upcoming uh, talks about things like bio uh, pest control, greenhouse structures, environmental management, and all that fun stuff. Maybe, so maybe please we could put together Axe to Experts with uh with Oasis and uh Vegbed. Absolutely. That's a great idea. That would be a nice so, VJ, we're coming for you and we're going to talk about finding good solutions for the industry. So thanks again for spending some more time with us. Keep continual uh continually sending in uh your questions. We really appreciate it. We're going to address everything we can and we're looking forward to speaking with you again soon. So thanks for spending the time and we look forward to seeing you. Take care. Have a good day everyone.